Dear listeners, the previous two entries have been a discussion of how my past leaks into my daily life, my present, and muddles my future. I want to take this entry to consider my present, redirect, and investigate what I said when I first started these discussions. I want to talk about my present and the choices that sit in front of me. And from the top, five, six, five, six, seven, eight. Sometimes my compass line, the direction, the line of force it displays, can sometimes run parallel to someone else's. It usually exists for a moment, like you're on the same metro train for a couple of stops. Then it diverges. But a handful of times, the parallel runs longer than that. I mistake parallelism for love, promise, maybe soulmates. (sighs) Again, this time with the music. Okay, and five, six, five, six, seven, eight. What you need to know about the compass is that it only tells me when something is important, that I need to go in that direction or stay in a certain spot. It's like intersecting with someone else's line happens sometimes. We travel together and then we may go in different directions to have contact again at some other point, sometimes never ever again. But a parallel? Stop. No, no, it's all wrong. Again. Come on, the piece is for three. Look alive, then. Five, six, five, six, seven, eight. To see someone journeying beside you, walking the same path for a very long time, the compass doesn't really say anything about it. But it makes you watch. It makes you study. It makes you observe. Contemplate that parallel. Isn't it better to walk alongside others than to walk alone? And in my case, the person I'm thinking of, who is different from the magnet, but still important, maybe even more important, this particular person, their parallel runs off into the horizon farther than my eyes can see. Look, look, shoulders back and smile. When I met them, I thought they were me, just in a different body. When I met them, they came up to me first, as if to say, I know you, I know your path well. My ship metaphor is already muddled, but whatever. I confess I think this person is a parallelism because in another timeline, another world, we would have been on the same ship. Or at least be closer together than this bizarre giant chasm of space between us. Good, good, and a hip swing right, pop left. I am grateful for the space. I am grateful for being able to study them from afar and not get hurt like last time. But listeners, this one hurts me worse. I am sure this is because I am so far from the last trail marker and this one is so close. Okay, I'll stop dancing around the issue. (sighs) Okay, okay. (sighs) Places, places everyone. Shh, shh, shh. And don't forget to smile. Five, six, five, six, seven. On est bien, 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 bien. On est oh, 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 oh. On veut décoller. If the magnet taught me two lessons, 
one, that I possessed the capacity to love very deeply, and two, that someone could see me. If he left me with a different fire than I had before, then this parallel line of a person lets me know that the person or persons I seek exists on this earth. Dear listener, I'm not trying to freak you out. I'm not trying to be raunchy, but the parallel person makes me quake and moan just by hearing their name. Being in their presence sends me into a panicked state because that parallelism is just too much. I stopped writing out of guilt, but I started writing again because seeing a parallel line, seeing others journeying alongside you, struggling and questing for the same thing, knowing you're not alone, understanding that you are valued, that your life's purpose is not in vain, that others can see and honor your own struggle, it drives us to action. Compared to the magnet, the parallel line is a much more honorable reason to go mad. And please remember, this is not a story about love in the traditional sense. I'm not searching for someone to come home to at the end of a long day. I knew it when I was five, I knew it when I was 20, and I know it now. This is a lonely journey. Because where I'm going is farther than other ships have gone. Farther or more known or something. All I know is that the compass is taking me somewhere where I see less and less ships as time goes by. So to see someone traveling parallel to me, who can nod and say they know this path, I have come undone. But they already have another on their ship. And I know I came undone when I contemplated jumping from my ship or hooking myself to theirs. On descend tous les trois, on pense qu'à danser. Se regarder. Listeners, it is so hard to be straightforward, but yes, that is the one and a half time from a previous discussion. And yes, I am talking about being polyamorous, something that hadn't crossed my mind until I saw that parallel life. Listeners, I mourned that for a time. I mourned for the idea of finally being around someone, anyone who understood me, who saw me, and was also heading in the same direction. Okay, okay. <sighs> places, places, everyone. Shh, shh, shh. And don't forget to smile. Five, six, five, six, seven, eight. On descend tous les trois, on pense qu'à danser. Se regarder. Plein d'amour, d'amitié, tant d'affinité. But I realized that would be lazy. My compass is for me. Plus, I wonder, going back to parallel lines or just lines and strings and force in general, 
I wonder if this parallel person is not a puppeteer or a spider or a son. A puppeteer pulling my strings, playing me like a fiddle for fun. A spider holding me by a thread, coaxing me until I'm caught and devoured. Or a sun capturing me with gravity, making me orbit until they burn out. Because we can never truly know another person, can we? Either way, attaching myself to their parallel line does not afford me the self-determination I desire. Maybe the lines will eventually intersect. I don't travel with an armada, and maybe that's my problem. Dear listeners, it is times like these where I, I think there is something wrong with me. All around me, the ships group in fleets and armadas, and I can't. By now, you know that the pull, the want, the need, it is there. I'm practicing self-restraint and self-denial because my world is full of pretenders and liars. And if I were to swim closer to the parallel line and find out they are a fox, a trickster? I have been lied to far too many times to allow that. And this parallel line... Although it runs alongside mine, I see it as a dotted line, bits and pieces. Again, someone giving me only pieces because they're lonely for someone I cannot become. But I fell in love again with an alternate timeline, and I sewed those bits and pieces they gave into my bedtime stories. Because the lies were so sweet, so much better than any drug. But now I'm aware. I'm aware that this is a lie, and pulling myself out of the dreams hurts every morning when I wake. But let's examine this. The motivation, the inspiration, the drive that the parallel line revealed to me. Why don't we give ourselves the chance to truly succeed? There's always something when you talk with people who are considered the best. There's always something that sets them apart. Maybe they wake up at three in the morning to train. Maybe they study incessantly. Maybe they adhere to a strict diet. They give the impression that you can life-hack your way to success. No. It's because they gave themselves the chance to truly succeed. They struck a flint, ignited something. Why don't we give ourselves the chance to truly succeed? To learn voraciously, unafraid of mistakes and unafraid of what comes next. To act and to do. To go farther than we've ever gone before. That parallel line, I'm learning not to want it, to stay the course, to stop looking for an easy way out. If the lines ever intersect, may it happen organically without my crazed interference. Why don't we give ourselves the chance to truly succeed? What are we afraid of? I think you know that you're living a good life when you don't want to sleep it away, when you wake up with ease, eager to see what the day brings. Happy to grab your ship by the wheel and steer it in the direction of your soul's compass. I can remember the glimmers of that type of happiness. An enduring happiness, not just vignettes of joy. The parallel line reminds me of that. The vitality, the unpredictability, the unapologetic, the interesting, the unconventional. Why don't we give ourselves the chance to truly succeed? I am no longer grieving for the magnet. I now grieve for the parallel line. Because those one and a half are truer than almost anything I have known, a cognate to my life, and yet, I do not take a step forward towards it. Maybe one day. Maybe it's in an alternate timeline, an alternate world, made up of different ley lines, different energy signatures. 
Why don't we give ourselves the chance to truly succeed? Why are we so afraid to truly step into our lives, into our souls, into our truths? Why don't we give ourselves the chance to grasp our dreams? Is it that we, as humans, constantly aspire to things? That if we lived within purpose and finally got what we were questing for, that we would reach the top of the summit, look around, and see our drive extinguish? To that possibility, I say there are too many lives to live, to ever feel truly finished, accomplished, satiated. There are always new adventures, new territories, new secrets. Ah, yes, that's how I know I'm an explorer. But still I wonder, why don't we give ourselves the chance to truly succeed? I find this a profound question. Maybe it's a fear of failure. I find that there is immense power in harnessing the inert energy within oneself. Power is terrifying and alienating. But I think the answer might be here, within this memory. A former roommate, a friend and I, were discussing fashion and fashion icons. The friend and I were on the same page, but the roommate less so. She said she preferred the style of these two sister actresses, plain and assuming normal women who lived boring, average lives. I asked her why. She said that they gave her hope. Hope that because they were prosperous in their mediocre lives, that she too could aspire to mediocrity and live a good life. She used the word mediocre, not me. How odd, I thought, that one would aspire to mediocrity. Not necessarily giving up halfway through and saying good enough. Not on a math test. Not on making Wednesday night's dinner. Not on a gift for a co-worker. Not on something you don't care about. But for one's own life. Questing for a mediocre life. And once she said it, I saw it everywhere. Everywhere, people questing for average, for somewhat, for halfway. I was surrounded by mediocrity. Everyone has a fear of having a terrible life. Everyone has a fear of failure. No one has a fear of being mediocre. Everyone fears having a terrible life. Everyone fears failing at having a wonderful life. No one fears living in a mediocre reality. I couldn't relate. I can't. My heart and soul have made demands of me. If I ignore it, it will scream louder and rattle the cage of my ribs. My body will ache with their protest. I cannot be halfway, not in things that matter, like my life. Mediocrity is not an option. Shoot for the moon and maybe you'll land among the stars. My mom doesn't understand that phrase. She said to me when I was a little girl sitting in her car that the stars were farther than the moon and that scientifically that made no sense. But she also said that, why would you plan to fail? Why would you create a plan that wouldn't propel you farther than you'd ever gone before? Why would you settle for that? She said, aim high and fall to rock bottom if you miss, or plan for nothing. I take a lot of risk, and I'm understanding why. A mediocre life, for me, isn't something I can stomach. I can't tolerate it in my friends, my family, my lovers either. But I'm learning that mediocre is something that the people around me are settling for. So I must go on without them. I'm starting to accept something that I've always known deep down, that the life I hunger for does not exist. So I must carve it myself with my own hands, even when they start to blister and bleed. I must carve through the pain, the ugliness. Because if I can dream it, if I can close my eyes and see it right there, 
The life I need does not exist. Yet. October 1st, 2020, 11.24 p.m. Directionless. In a quarter of a mile, keep left at the fork. I keep asking myself why I'm upset. It's like a spider's web. So many directions interwoven and completely interdependent. I can't help but feel that the reason why I'm upset is the reason why I can't move forward. Three directions stick out. Direction 1. At the roundabout, take the third exit. I don't believe people truly like me. I feel like I'm a burden. No one asks me from my company unless they want something from me. I also know that the only person I can rely on is myself. I don't have deep, intimate connections, friendships that are 100% reliable 100% of the time. It's made me wonder if I'm reliable, if I'm a good friend, if I'm a person who adds joy to others' lives. I probably don't. I know I'm hiding. I know my defenses are built up high. But people continue to hurt me, to break my trust. My real self, the one who people see flashes of every so often, doesn't seem to be the type of person people want 100% of the time. I'm always so shocked when people want to be around me. I can count on one hand the times that people have asked for my company since the pandemic began. I'm not an extrovert and I'm not a person who likes being socially busy. But I don't like being alone. Direction 2. Heavy traffic reported ahead. You are on the fastest route to your destination. When people do seek me out, I'm always so suspicious. And there's a moment where I falter. I forget how cruel people can be, and I believe them. I believe they want to be friends. They don't. They don't ask how I am. They don't actually remember anything I've said. It's fake. It's just a nicety, a courtesy, a polite talk before they ask for what they really want from me. Direction 3. In 0.1 miles, you will reach your destination. I build things up in my head. I invent them, distort them, make them painful, and I give myself unnecessary heartache and emotional stress. Maybe that's what this is. But I also know that I think and feel very deeply about things. And I end up being right. Your destination is on your left. September 6th, 2014. Blog post. I've always liked myself and I thought I was cool and pretty. But it's different when you come from a place that always downs you and says that you're contrary to these positive things that you think you are. And suddenly you're in a place where people like you and think you're cool and pretty and you're like, wow, I really am these nice positive things. All the new friends I've made are so amazed that I'm happy all of the time, but really it's just because I'm very happy I have people who reach out to me and seem to want to hang out with me. I'm still a homebody who needs recharging, but still. 
but I'm having so many doubts because I have no clue why they like me. I'm not used to being treated well and I'm suspicious of those who treat me nicely. I really don't like that about myself. Searching for Connecting Begin A message from the present I am trying to forgive myself. I said earlier, when compared to the magnet, the parallel line is a much more honorable reason to go mad. Sometimes people go crazy, become consumed by something for an honorable, understandable reason. Keeping their families safe, fighting for their lives, honing a skill. Architecture will drive you crazy. It drove me crazy. And I knew it when I entered studio rooms that once I left I would have to pry myself from the clutches of the ludicrousness of that world. It's honorable, understandable. Architecture is in service of your fellow humans. What is more beautiful than becoming consumed with serving and helping others? But that path made me sick. So I stepped away. But the magnet was a very silly, sad reason to go mad. I'm trying to forgive myself for falling prey to a false direction. Mistakes are mistakes. Because I know that the compass had to lead me there in order to get to where I am now. Without that lapse of judgment, I wouldn't have realized my ability to paint music and sounds. My chromesthesia. Without that lapse of judgment, I wouldn't have propelled myself to travel alone, see lives unlived. Without that lapse of judgment, I wouldn't have had the courage to just write and create and stop denying what I love. However, without that lapse of judgment, I probably would be more financially secure. Without that lapse of judgment, I probably would not review the last seven to eight years as a fog in my brain. Without that lapse of judgment, I probably would have been a better sister, a better friend, a better daughter. I'm trying to forgive myself, because I traded my selflessness for selfishness, and because I created habits that were so harmful to who I am, and I'm not sure why the trade had to occur. I'm wondering how to let the scales balance instead of trading one for another. But I find it hard to forgive myself. I am not sure what my penance is, what price I am paying to myself for mistakes I have made. Is it restraint? Is it not allowing myself to do the things I want? Is it denial? Is it denying or sabotaging opportunities because I feel undeserving? I'm not sure what my penance is, but I do feel that I am repenting. What does self-forgiveness look like? I find myself questioning these ephemeral concepts again, wondering what these healthy things look like. I do not know if I've ever seen them in a way I recognized. I do know that my self-forgiveness will be achieved when I no longer clench my jaw or unconsciously tense my shoulders and hands. Because we can see symptoms of unhealthiness, can we not? We know how to gauge healthy patterns by the absence of dysfunction and sickness. It's funny how the interaction with the magnet gave me a distinct freedom of self, but also trapped me in a gilded cage. So now I look for the key or a way to break myself out of a jail I constructed. I wonder if self-forgiveness is found in my habits. I wonder 
If I practice more self-compassion, could I forgive myself for all the times I could have been a better person for those I love, but chose not to? I find I have a lot of restraint. I talk in riddles, I know I do. I know that my words that I've poured into your ears, I know they seem strange, elusive. I'm practicing self-restraint and self-denial because my world is full of people who are dishonest, and they might lash out at me if I didn't hold my tongue. And if I were to swim closer to the parallel line and find out that they are a fox, a trickster, I've spent a lot of time softening the hard edges the magnet trained me to have. So if I found out that the one plus a half was ingenuine, I would become cold again, go mad again. I don't want to make the same mistake. End. On descend tous les trois, on pense qu'à danser. Closing. Se regarder. Shutting down.